Hello there, Patriots fans, and welcome on into episode three of Pat's Pulpit Radio Rewind. My name is Mark Schofield. Happy to be here with you today on Saturday, September 28th for episode three of Pat's Pulpit Radio Rewind. If you haven't heard this show before, basically what this is, is it's a chance to get caught up on any last minute news and notes on Saturday, as well as a chance to give you some of the best of what the Pat's Pulpit Podcast Network did over the course of the past week from all of our shows, from the flagship Pat's Pulpit Podcast with Rich Hill and Alex Shane, to Patriot Nation from Pat Lane and Ryan Spagnoli, the Instant Reaction Show, which we've been doing shortly after the game ends on Sunday afternoon, and of course, the SCO Show with yours truly. In addition, this will give us, like I said, a chance to get you caught up with any last-minute news and notes before the weekend gets rolling. Obviously, it isn't every weekend that Antonio Brown gets signed or Antonio Brown gets released. But if news breaks, we'll have that here for you as well on Saturday mornings. Also, we've got some great new music for you to bring you in and out of the show. That is Hope You Heard right there from Head of Music. You can check them out at headofmusic.com. Don't forget... These are just snippets of the shows you'll get to hear every day on the Pat's Pulpit Podcast Network. And you can get these by subscribing to Pat's Pulpit via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. And please, these do help us. So leave reviews when you can. Five-star reviews, always appreciated. We do have some news sort of at the top, the Patriots and Bills, as they get set to square off Sunday up in Buffalo. Injury reports were were released on Friday afternoon. No players listed as out for the New England Patriots. For the Buffalo Bills, tight end Tyler Croft with an ankle and linebacker Corey Thompson, both out with injuries. Thompson is out with an ankle injury as well. Patriots have a bunch of players listed as questionable. Running back Rex Burkhead with a foot. Wide receiver Julian Edelman with his chest or rib injury. Matt Lacoste, the tight end, has an ankle injury. Marshall Newhouse was absent from practice for a bit this week with an illness. Michael Bennett, the defensive end, has a shoulder injury. Dante Hightower also with a shoulder injury. And Nate Ebner with a groin injury. Questionable players for the Buffalo Bills. Running back Devin Singletary, the rookie running back with a hamstring injury. Robert Foster, their wide receiver with a groin injury. Wide receiver Isaiah McKenzie with an ankle injury. Guard Jose Feliciano with a neck injury. Center Spencer Lawn with an ankle injury. Linebacker Maurice Alexander with a knee injury. And cornerback Teron Johnson has a hamstring injury. So those are the injuries as of Friday late afternoon, in case you missed those. Also, don't forget, we're going to recap some college stuff here, or at least highlight some stuff that should be on your radar. Sadly enough, not the greatest slate of games for your college football Saturday. I suppose, look... You've got a couple of top 25 teams, two top 25 games in the afternoon slate at 3.30 on CBS. Excuse me, at 3.30 on NBC, you've got number 18, Virginia, at number 10, Notre Dame. The tight end for Notre Dame, he's a raw kid, raw prospect, but definitely somebody that I was intrigued by when they went down to play Georgia. That's number 84, Cole Komet. I think you should keep an eye on this kid, 6'5", 250, Got length, got athleticism, got great ball skills, can block pretty well. He's a player to keep an eye on if you're wondering about the Patriots maybe looking at tight end. Now, again, he's just a junior, so maybe he doesn't come out. But if he does, he's a player you should probably have on your radar. Another game between top 25 teams that goes off in the 330 time slot. In addition to this Virginia-Notre Dame game, 
We've got number 21, USC, at number 17, Washington. USC has some quarterback issues, but a team that doesn't right now is the University of Washington. Jacob Eason, after his transfer and sat out for a season, sitting behind Jake Browning, now he gets a chance to go. I've been impressed with Jake with, with what Jacob Eason has done to date. I think if you're a fan of quarterback play, you're going to like to watch him. This is an interesting Pac-12 battle, so that's going to be one to keep an eye on as well. Next, and probably the only other really big game on the schedule, is the primetime game. You've got Ohio State number 5 traveling to Nebraska. Nebraska team that obviously got a lot of preseason buzz, but hasn't quite lived up to that. We'll see if the Cornhuskers can pull off an upset. That's a game in primetime. If you want to stay up late, Washington State at Utah. Those are two Pac-12 teams that fell off a bit. You know, each of them coming off some losses. Washington State had that disastrous loss to UCLA a week ago where they had a huge lead early in that game and blew it. Ended up losing that 67-63. And then Utah, they had high hopes in this season, but they get knocked off by USC, who was down to their third-string quarterback. So that was a fascinating game to watch. Both those teams coming off of losses, so we'll see which team rebounds. That's at 10 p.m. Eastern, Washington State at Utah. Now... Up next, the week that was over at the Pat's Pulpit Podcast Network. That's ahead on episode three of Pat's Pulpit Radio Rewind. Mark Schofield back with you now on episode three of Pat's Pulpit Radio Rewind. And let's kick it off with a bit from our instant reaction show. Pat Lane, Ryan Spagnoli got together shortly after the Patriots knocked off the New York Jets. And they had some instant reaction to the Patriots' third victory of the 2019 campaign. And one of the clips we're going to hear right now, Jamie Collins and what he has meant to this Patriots defense. How about the acquisition? I know, you know, we had him earlier, but, you know, we talked about it on this week on our show. You know, he he kind of struggled. He was very inconsistent, uh, struggled a little bit, setting the edge in his first time around. But this second time around, man, the acquisition of Jamie Collins this offseason yep. went so under the radar, you know, in yeah. tra- you know, kind of before training camp. And it's arguably one of Belichick's best offseason pickups in a long, long time. I mean, this guy is – this defense, at least the front seven, is you know has been run through him, man. He's kind of leading that yeah. charge, setting the edge. He's getting some great reads, great jumps off the ball. Uh, he had a clean shot today. They kind of uh, mismatched a little bit. I think it was with um, who was it? It might have been like Robert. I don't know, maybe Roberts. I don't. Yeah, someone. Uh, and he kind of came in. He got a clean shot right at Falk. He got a great oh. jump off the line. Uh, he's yeah. playing some phenomenal football right now, and. You know, obviously we're praying that Dante Hightower is okay, um, you know, because we don't want to lose him. But, you know, next to him and Van Noy, I mean, Jamie Collins, I mean, look at this linebacking crew. Great insight there from Ryan and Pat. And up next, Scotio number 18, a glorious victory installment of the Scotio. And going to go a little bit different here. Usually I have a take of the game, but I had a different thing in mind that I wanted to sort of talk about and share with the listeners. So we'll hear that right now from episode 18 of the Sco Show. The take of the game. I got to do something a little bit different. Um, longtime followers of my work um, via the Locked on Patriots podcast know that a lot of what I kind of try to draw from, in a sense, is Tony Kornheiser. Not PTI or anything like that. Not his stint on Monday Night Football. But his radio show. You know, I came to him first 
living in Virginia, hearing him on the radio. Then I heard PTI and watched PTI, but then I was back to the radio and the podcast. And I've often told the story about Wednesday shows. You know, Kornheiser would often joke on his radio show and then on his podcast, oh, you want to do what I do? Tell me what your Wednesday show is. It's easy to do a Monday show. It's easy to do a Friday show. What's your Wednesday show about? So I often talk about Kornheiser. And one of the things that I always dug about Kornheiser was how he would be able to sort of interact with listeners and make them feel like a part of the show. And one way he would do that was through what he would call tribute, which was he would talk about something on air and listeners would send it in. Like he would talk about flavors of kind bars that he liked and he'd get them by the crate. Listeners would send them in. I even sent in some tribute back in the day to Tony Kornheiser. You know, he used to say that, you know, the reason why you want to be famous is to help your friends to get the great re- table at restaurants and to crush your enemies. Like those are the three reasons you want to be famous. Now I'm never going to get to that level, but I got some tribute this weekend over at locked on Patriots. When I was over there this summer, I talked about the show letter Kenny and it got me on a path towards ruffles, all dressed chips, which I had never even heard of until letter Kenny. People would tell me they were fantastic. They've got an Americanized version here in the States and they are fantastic, but a listener went above and beyond. Ian McDonald at Ian C. McDonald on Twitter. Please do give him a follow. If you if you can't find him, go to my Twitter. You'll see pictures of me with him. He was up in Canada recently and he came back and he visited me on Saturday with some Canadian ruffles all dressed. He brought some zesty cheese Doritos, which he says are fantastic. And they are. He brought bl- this blue lobster, this vodka seltzer. You've got a lemon lime flavor and a lemon blueberry flavor. And as somebody that knows, I've been digging the sort of spiked seltzer thing. Those are fantastic. He brought some candy. He spent some time with me and the family on Saturday. It was incredibly touching. I, the, the fact that people listen to this show still blows my mind. The fact that people would sit down and spend 30 minutes listening to me rant about football still blows my mind. But for somebody to like think about me when they're on vacation and bring something back for me, incredibly touching, incredibly touching. And again, the chips are fantastic. All of it is just incredibly delicious. And I can't thank Ian enough. I'll never be able to thank him enough for that. It was just such a nice gesture. It truly meant the world to me. And Ian, my man, thank you from the bottom of my heart. So that's our tribute of the game. How about that? Ian coming through with the stuff from north of the border. Again, a massive thank you to Ian for the hookup there with the stuff from north of the border. Up next over at Pat's Pulpit, though, we had our flagship show. Rich Hill, Alex Shane get together for episode 157 of the Pat's Pulpit podcast, and they had some thoughts on the state of the Patriots' defense. Yeah, absolutely. That's fair. And so maybe when we're thinking of this Patriots-Jets game and they had all these injuries, it was still just a complete blowout. Uh, Rex Burkhead really stepped up, 47 yards on the ground and a touchdown, added 22 on six catches through the air. Uh, You had a Josh Gordon who was just a real trooper, 83 yards, This has been a very versatile Patriots offense. They just, as you said, they'll come up with a scheme that'll maximize whichever players they have available. I just wanted to touch on the offense a little bit. I think we should focus more on the defense in these closing minutes. The New York Jets were awful 
on offense. That's not like a surprise to say. Le'Veon Bell had only 35 yards on the ground on 18 carries. That's less than two yards per carry. Luke Falk didn't crack 100 yards through the air. He was sacked a billion times, seemingly at will. Their leading receiver was Braxton Berrios, old friend from the Patriots, 29 (laughs) yards on two catches. What is the ceiling for this New England defense? Yeah, it's such a good question. It's such a mystery because you definitely want to give the credit that they deserve because this defense is ridiculous. They're loaded at all three levels. But it's Luke Falk, man. I mean, you know, we were talking in our our pregame show on on Thursday – you get Stephon Gilmore and Robbie Anderson, which he did. Robbie Anderson had three catches for 11 yards. He was a complete non-factor. You get Patrick Chung with Jamie Collins and or Dante Hightower on Luke Falk. I mean, on a Le'Veon Bell, excuse me. And the Jets have nothing. Uh, that wasn't a very difficult defensive game plan, and it worked perfectly. So I'll be very curious to see what happens when there's a really legit offense that comes in to face this team. But – Again, like I just said, I don't think there's really a legit offense coming in until until week eight or week nine. And as we've seen many times in the past, Rich, September is a month, even in the middle of October, they're kind of a six-week period for tweaking and figuring things out, screwing at different schemes, seeing what makes the most sense. And I really don't think this defense has played its best football yet, which is amazing to think about because they've yet to give up a touchdown all season. I'm very excited for the potential here, uh, and I really think the sky's the limit. I do. I think this has potential to be probably the on par with the the 3 Patriots sort of dominance. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I, I think this could be one of the best Patriots defenses of the Belichick era, if not the best. I'm so impressed by some of the role players that have been stepping up. Adam Butler has really emerged this year. I think yeah. he has been such a good contributor. He's making plays all over the backfield. John Simon is just playing out of his mind. I'm expecting that he will go down. I mean, they signed him in the, it's like a mid-season free agent last year. Uh, he always seemed like he would be a Patriots fit, uh, but you know, he's still only 28 years old, turns 29 in October. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, the Patriots, they have him under contract for this year and 2020. I wouldn't be surprised if he became, you know, got like a three-year extension after that, became like the next Rob Ninkovich sort of thing, who finally found his footing in New England. Because he is exactly what the Patriots like from his versatility standpoint on that defensive front. Great role model for Chase Winovich out there. This is just a team where players are stepping up everywhere. You have such great cohesion in that secondary because everyone has played together for so long. Jonathan Jones is currently the number one rated cornerback in the NFL, according to Pro Football Focus. The number two rated cornerback in the NFL is Jason McCourty. That's not including Stephon Gilmore, who I believe ranks uh, a hilarious eighth. I'm not sure how that happens uh, unless there was some sort of play that he allowed behind him in the first couple weeks. I'm not exactly sure, but, you know, he's reigning first-team All-Pro. He's the best cornerback in the league for my money. Then on Wednesday, we had episode 19 of the Sco Show, and I was lucky enough to be joined by Brandon Thorne from The Athletic Denver and Establish the Run. And we had some listener questions to get to. We're going to talk about... You're going to hear in a moment Brandon talking about Dante Scarnecchia and how he teaches technique and how we're seeing that in Newhouse already, as well as one listener question, which, look, I just had to ask it. Pineapple on pizza. 
and and sort of building off of that, have you seen some of those start to reflect in Newhouse's game? I know it's just been two weeks, you know, but have you seen him sort of take some different steps and techniques and things like that over the past two weeks? Yeah, I mean, you saw from one week to another there, um, you know, against the Jets, you saw a lot of improvement, just him playing more within himself, not trying to do too much and just looking more in control, more sure of himself, more confident. And that's a huge part of being a good offensive lineman is having a lot of confidence in what you're doing. And that comes generally with time. So, you know, it's just going to be, can he improve and get comfortable enough to overcome the increase in competition that he's going to see? And that's going to be the question um, that, that we'll find out. But, but yeah, I, I do think that there is some sort of improvement going on there and some adoption of maybe some Skarnakia principles for sure. All right, Brandon, let's get you out of here on this one. And this was a question that was asked, and so I'm going to just pass it along to you. I'm not going to pass judgment on your answer, but does pineapple belong on pizza? Hey, man, I believe it does. There you go. See, look, I, I people have been ripping me for the drinking the claws and stuff like that. And I said, look, you know, you get to be a point in your life, you eat, you drink what you like. And if you like pineapple on pizza, roll with it. Like, it doesn't I mean, bother me. I don't know how people can have a really good pizza with pineapple and some Canadian bacon on it and not enjoy that. I just, I don't know. I've you, always been a fan. You so. get the sweet, you get the salty. It, it can work together if it's done right, I think. I'm with you, Brandon. I mean, I think people, there let, we people go. let people eat and drink what they like. Thanks again to Brandon for coming on the show again. On Thursday, we had two different episodes drop on the Pat's Pulpit Podcast Network. First up was episode 158 of the Pat's Pulpit Podcast. And in this clip, Rich and Alex sort of set the stage for what we're going to see Sunday up in Buffalo. Luckily for us, though, Rich Hill, we've got a real big matchup coming up on Sunday. Patriots versus Bills. Uh, this reminds me of, maybe it wasn't last year, but there was a, the Tyrod Taylor era when the Bills were 2-0 and and it was their Super Bowl. It was, it was week two. It was week two or week three. And the Patriots came to Buffalo and beat them 40-32. to 32. And it was like 34-14 to 14 at one point. The Bills came rumbling back, and the, the Patriots were able to, to hold on to win. Really took the wind out of their sails. I'm getting a similar vibe from Buffalo this season in that they think that they are going to usurp the Patriots. They think they are have a, a good defense and a manageable enough offense to, to score enough points. However... I'm still not 100% convinced because neither of these teams, Patriots nor Bills, have really played anybody yet. Oh, it's so true. If everyone talks about how easy the New England Patriots schedule has been, the Bills schedule is just as easy, right? I mean, they've both played the Jets. The Bengals are winless, and the Giants are 1-2, and two, and they got the good fortune of playing the just hapless Eli Manning-led Giants before Daniel Jones decided to be the greatest quarterback in the NFL. So the Buffalo Bills have played three of the worst versions of whatever teams are trotted out, and they haven't won in convincing fashion. You know, if we're talking about how teams should look, a 19-point differential is not always indicative of a 3-0 team at this point. You know, the point differential is saying that they've won on average a little over six points. The numbers would suggest that they should probably be about 2-1 at this point. You know, maybe they should have uh, not mounted that comeback against the Jets or against the Bengals. So they had to come from behind to win both of those. This team has a very talented defense. I think the Bills have a top five defense in the NFL. Uh, I think they have a lot of talent there, but their offense does not complement it in a great way. Then on episode 20 of the Sco Show, I was lucky enough to be joined by Joe Marino, 
a host of the Locked On Bills podcast. And at the end of the show, Joe shared with me his expectations for this big AFC East clash up in Buffalo. There you go. I love the answer, Joe. It's been fantastic. Let me get, let me get you out of here on this one. I'm not asking for a score or a prediction or yeah. anything like that. Just your expectations for this meeting when the Bills host the New England Patriots on Sunday. You know, here's here's the – if I was going to draw for any optimism for the Bills, we, we know we, – it's well documented how the Patriots have owned the Bills – specifically Brady. I don't think the Bills have beat Brady since, you know, in a game that he started and finished since 2011. And let's be honest, I mean, it was like angels in the outfield in that game with how some of those tip balls, I mean, just the the kind of things that it took to beat Brady in in that situation where the Bills, um, you know, in their history. Um, The Bills haven't played their best game yet, right? They're 3-0. They had a come-from-behind win over the Jets where they were down 16 late in the third quarter. They took care of business against the Giants, but they left meat out of the bone. They had a very disappointing third quarter in that game. And then the Bengals game, they, they came out very strong, but kind of fell apart in the third quarter and, and relinquished a 14 to nothing lead. They gave up 16 un- unanswered points and wind up having to win the game, you know, at, towards the end of the game, right? So the Bills just haven't played their best game. And and I it, it's if it's going to happen, could it not be – against the Patriots at home and what's going to be a great environment. You know the fans are going to be fired up. Now, you're asking yourself to play your best game against the best team in football. That's one of the most fundamentally sound teams across the board. You know, from the punting game, right? It's Jake yep. Bailey was just a thick punter of the special teams player of the week. They're the best defense in the league. They haven't given up a touchdown, right? An offensive touchdown all year. We know, I mean, they haven't given up an offensive touchdown in a long time thinking back to the Super Bowl. Right. I mean, this is it's an unbelievable unit. And then you've got the greatest ever do it in Tom Brady. So you hope this is the week the Bills can play their best game. And, you know, it's really going to come down to, I think, Josh Allen's going to have to do two things in this game. It's not going to be rhythm and timing that's going to beat the Patriots. That's going to matter. But he's going to have to do some special things, whether that's hitting some stuff down the field, which, honestly, Mark, that's what's not really happened so far this year for him. He's he's hitting everything in the short to intermediate areas of the field, playing good situational football on third down, but he hadn't hit the big long long throws that we saw last year. So if that can come back this week, and if Josh Allen can do some of those things that only Josh Allen can do because you know his athleticism, his strength, his mobility, and and really take advantage of some scramble situations, some outside of structure situations, and just make some big plays, that's going to be really helpful. But it's going to take the Bills' best game. And um, we haven't seen it yet. And uh, my expectations, I mean, the Bills are going to play hard. They're well coached. Sean McDermott is a really good coach. And the team has talent. All those things are there. But, you know, it's one thing we've been conditioned to to know here in, in, in the Buffalo side of things is that Patriots own the Bills. We, we get it. So it's it's hard for hard for this side of things to to really get that, um, that perspective of uh, we expect to win or we think we're going to win, anything like that. So... It'll be an emotional game. It'll be fun. Uh, if the if the Bills get sloppy and make mistakes and start beating themselves with unforced errors, it's going to get ugly. But hopefully the Bills play their best game and we uh, we have a good, fun, competitive game on Sunday. Finally, Pat and Spags closed out the week with the latest installment of the Patriot Nation podcast. And they were lucky enough to be joined by two very special guests. All right. So we have two very special guests here with us today. Uh, it's it, the people, honestly, that need no introduction, but they are uh, the stars of the two to six show on 98.5 The Sports Hub simulcast across America on NBC Sports Boston. And uh, really, we're just so happy for them to be on the show. It is Felger and Maz. 
Duggar Mads, thank you so much for, for, for coming on. Can you just tell us, what do you think about the first three weeks of the Patriots? What's up, nerds? Hey, Mads, these guys think the Patriots deserve credit for their 3-0 start. What do you think? Oh, my God, please, Mike. Pathhawks.com. That's what they are. Absolute bobos, Mads. Well, are you well, there, nerds? That's that's nice of you to say. I pre- appreciate that. That's uh, that's that's great. Yeah, thanks. Uh, so oh, you know, terrific. <laughs> so well, I mean, you know, you're here with us at least, right? So you must think at least a little highly of us. I talk, you talk. Okay, this is my talk show. We're gonna talk Patriots, and I'm gonna tell you how much they suck. Okay, tell okay. me, tell me if they played a quarterback. Have they played a quarterback? Yes. Oh my God, please, Mike. Suck, suck. Suck. That's who they played. Uh, oh, can I mean, I, your tongue there, nerd? I, yeah, I, go back to your fan board, you bobo. I, I, I certainly see your point there, Felger. But, you know, I mean, if you – listen, let's get off the Patriots for a second, okay? Can you just, you know, maybe give, uh, you know, our show a little shout-out? Obviously, you know, Patriot Nation podcast, and we're from patspulpit.com. And, you know, what do you think about what we're doing over here? Oh, yeah, yeah. Patriot Nation. I bet you're doing the show in your 40 pajamas right now. Is that is that right? <laughs> Maybe. Great stuff there from the guys over at the Patriot Nation podcast. And again, they're very special guests. So there you go. There's just some of what you can get from the Pat's Pulpit Podcast Network. So please go ahead, hit that subscribe button wherever you get your podcast. Get access to everything we do every single day of the week to give you Patriots coverage. That will do it for today. We'll have an instant reaction show for you after this big AFC East clash. Then we'll be right back into it. We'll be getting ready for Washington, which will be the next game on the schedule. We'll have hopefully a glorious victory edition episode of the SCO show to drop sometime late Sunday night, early Monday morning. We'll get right into Washington week. So for myself, Mark Schofield, and everybody over at the Pat's Pulpit Podcast Network, thank you so much for listening to our shows again you can get all these episodes by subscribing to the pat's pulpit podcast wherever you get your podcasts until next time remember that there are no days off for the patriots their coaches and even for the pat's pulpit podcast network